everybody. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Non-doctors. Hi. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. Um, I like how I was just like trying to pop out. Like I came out of nowhere. I um, know. You were like a late night host. Like, hey. 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 Oh, the camera's on. I feel like I was like doing cocaine and they're like, Jimmy, we're starting. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Love it. It's Jimmy and not Liz. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like every late night host is named Jimmy. I'll change my name so I can get a late night show. Um, how are you doing? Fine. Uh, I am in my boyfriend's flatmate's room because my boyfriend wanted his room. What a dick. And uh, <laughs> I went up to the room. There was another flatmate that moved out today. So that was empty and it was all echoey. So I'm in this room now. It's funny because like, I think there's an ad for Anchor at the beginning of these podcasts where I'm like, you don't need a studio. You don't need anything, but you need a studio. And then studio. as you go, yeah, as you go from room to room, like next shot is like you in a garden, like yeah. trying to fight off like bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> just like, what are we talking about? You need professional shit. You can't just start a podcast like we're doing. It's not recommended. Yeah. yeah don't do what we're doing. We're doing, this is, this is out of fear and necessity. Yeah. Not out of uh, any kind of skill or talent. And I think we prove that every episode. Yeah. So anyway, here we are. And this is, hopefully I sound okay. Hopefully everything's fine. How are you? I'm good. I have to tell you this story. It's like, it's like super embarrassing, but like, I feel like you're, you're not going to be shocked by it. But, um, so I live, I live first floor, first apartment, and I live across from the super and we are constantly having people buzz us for non- us reasons. You know what I mean? Whether they want the super, um, we live by Hasidic Jews. So like during any kind of Jewish holiday, it's a bunch of like young Hasidic Jews trying to convert, not convert me to Judaism, but I think they're supposed like, they have flowers and they're, it's about a prayer. Or it's something. like your last name is Aardvark in the phone book. And so people are calling you first. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So it's just like Jehovah's Witnesses to, to during the Jewish holidays, it becomes crazy where they're just like, are you Jewish? And I'm like, I'm not Jewish. Like, I'm trying not to be shitty, but I don't want you to pray in my door. Um, I really just, as somebody that even before the pandemic worked at home, it just, it's, you're getting up four or five times. And when it's not a package, it's annoying. So our buzzer rings and um, I get it, and it's a package because I was actually expecting a package, but the package wasn't for me. So I give it to Chris, my roommate, and he goes, he goes, oh, you get up like as soon as it rings. I go, yeah, because I I've had packages stolen before, and I'm expecting a package, and I just he goes, yeah, I just stopped because it's never it's never us, and I was like, yeah, but I I usually go especially when I'm expecting something. Then like an hour later, the buzzer goes off. I run, I press the door thing, I open the door. And a white guy, like a tall white guy eating a sandwich, just walks through the um, 
just the corridor. And I just see it from like kind of opening the door. So I don't like peek out or anything. And I'm just so fucking angry because he walks into the apartment. Like it was my, like I'm a doorman. Like it was my job to open the door. And it makes me so, I know you get me, but like, it just makes me so fucking angry. So I was just filled with such rage and I've been really grumpy the last couple of days and I can own that. But also I have, (laughs) I have a temper and I think, and like my, my roommate actually pointed out something and I'll, I'll say it later. But I was just so fucking mad that I, I slammed the door, which I never do. Like, I'm just not, I don't react in that kind of physical way. But I was just so p- pissed that I wanted him to know that I don't fucking work for you. Yeah. So I slam, I slam the door and I turn around. And two seconds later, I hear something drop in front of my door and a guy go, oh, Jesus. And I was like, ah, no. So I run out. It's a delivery guy. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to slam the door in your face. I just, and I'm like scrambling. I was like, we're on the first floor and we get people that want us to buzz us in. And it's like a constant running to the door. And I saw that guy and I thought he was just, I, I'm so sorry. I just slammed this door in your face. He's like, dude, it's totally okay. I get it. I can understand how that's annoying, but like, it's a black guy. So now I'm just like, how, like in, this dude's working during a pandemic. He's working during these protests. And this little white lady just slammed a door in her face, in his face. And I was just like, I literally was like, like a pit of me of white guilt and like human guilt all at the same time in a moment where I was just like, I, am I just like, and I hate using that word Karen, but am I fully becoming a Karen in real? Like I was freaking out. And so then Chris comes out because he, he hears both, he heard the door slam and then me freaking out. And I tell it to him and he's like, Liz. And I was like, I know. He's like, talked about this. I was like, I know. I was like, I know. And he goes, is it because he was a white guy? And I go, you know what? I think it was. Because if we have a lot of old ladies that live in, like literally old ladies, like 80 year old, like Hungarian women live in our apartment that do not speak English. And I'm always holding the door for them and helping them with like their groceries and stuff. And that's fine to me. But I guess it was just like this able-bodied dude that believed he didn't like, you know what I mean? That like, he'll just press buttons until somebody lets him in. Oh man. I, I still, I clearly can't stop thinking about what a dick I was. Yeah. I kept kept telling, I was like, I'm sorry. That was such an immature thing to do. And it had nothing to do with you. And he's like, dude, it's totally fine. I was like, it doesn't feel fine. Yeah. I like so many things about this story. <laughs> <laughs> I also know that you know that that's, that's just me. Like, there's no part that was just like, that doesn't even sound like you were grumpy. It just sounds like you were being you. Yeah, at your worst, you're a squawking bird. You're, Wah! like, you are just, that's you. That's just you at your worst. And when you're telling the story, your, your fists are flaring. And like I've mentioned before on the podcast, when your fists are flaring, it's extra special and funny to me because you have uh, the tattoo on your arm that says let go. <laughs> yep. My calming tattoo. It, I feel like, like, you know how they have, like, I think they have patches, like, so they have patches, like, if you're, you're like nicotine patches and stuff, but they do have, like, these other kind of, like, aromatherapy and all this stuff that's supposed to calm you. And I feel like I got this tattoo that I was like, oh, this will, this will be a reminder to breathe and to, to just, it, nothing really matters and this isn't a big deal. And, like, every day I'm just like, you're stupid. Why did I get you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you you would choke that little bird if it was even possible. So, okay, I love that's... how in this cl- in this closet I have better light than you, which is um. I love that you're in a closet. That's yeah, our no. podcast uh, budget. And yeah, so... yeah, yeah, I'm in I'm in a closet. You're in someone else's room. I just love the idea that like halfway through somebody's like, "Get out of my room!" and you're like, "Mom, I'm doing a podcast." I know, I know. It feels so pathetic. Um, if I, uh, 
Yeah, that would be a total meet cute if you weren't already in a relationship, wouldn't it? It would just be like, I slammed the door in his face. And just, oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of dismissed him as a human um, and then was super <laughs> embarrassed about it because I thought it was a different person that I was angry at. Oh, man, I really, I almost want to put a sign on my door that just says sorry, like to anybody, because I'm just so sorry this, in advance. Yeah, because you know what it is? And it's just built up from like six years living on the first floor. And then, of course, working from home. It was, I was, I'm still embarrassed. But um, now that I dug myself in a hole, you want to get into Googles? Okay, cool. We don't have any uh, mail. We do, but I wasn't on it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, no, it's, it's your job. But, uh, right, so let's get into Googles. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. Um, you go first. I Googled. Mine's stupid. No, I, but okay. So I was thinking about this, the phrase, um, turn your head and cough. I was like, why, why did doctors say to turn your head and cough? You know, because I know like they're cupping balls. Have you not heard them? Like you're a no, woman. I know it's, so. uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it's definitely for dudes. I've never heard it, but yeah. I and know so I, I get the, I get the cough part. Yeah. But you gotta, you gotta do that. I get the, <laughs> I'm going to stop doing that. So you, I get the cough part. <laughs> But the, ones, the turn your head part, I always just assumed it was like some like muscular thing happening, going down, yeah. so that there would be a certain like <laughs> The feel. esophagus meets the, the balls, like, like it's a straight line down the human body. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you never know, because like the Chinese medicine, you could press a palm and like affect your butthole. Like, I don't know, like, I, I, I'm sorry to like offend Chinese medicine, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like one uh, point yeah. will totally affect a totally different point. So I thought it was something yeah. like that. And then I thought about it like in the pandemic and stuff like what if like cough is just, they just didn't want you to fucking cough in their face. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, it was actually turn your head and cough healthy. so I don't have to deal with your stupid germs. And, uh, I, I, for years, if I thought about it at all, which wasn't much, but, um, for years I thought it was like, because you yeah, have that line, I don't know. So that was my Google. Yeah. What it say? That was, that was it. That was your Google was just the question. You didn't get any answers. I got the answer. I said, why do they say cough? It was so that you don't cough in their face. Oh, that's the answer? Yeah. That's the only reason they make you turn. Yeah. Otherwise, oh. it would just be cough. Oh. <laughs> Blew my mind. Blew my mind. I Thank thought God. That... I was like, I thought that was interesting. but No, I just, I guess in the question, I thought that's, you were telling me what you thought. And then yeah. And so when they're coughing, they're obviously, they're looking for like a hernia. I'm sorry to keep doing this. A uh, hernia. Yeah. <laughs> but, but is turning the head like there's, oh, cause there's nothing. Okay. So yeah. Just don't it's, cough in my face. It's all they're saying by turn your head and cough. What was, your, what was your Google? Uh, mine's, uh, I, I, I was pretty serious about it. Um, what's a normal amount of hair loss for a woman? And oh, I, yeah. Yeah. So this is a problem. And I don't know if you experience this. I don't know if you like recycle your hairdos the way I do, but whether my hair is straight or curly, my goal is to touch it as little as possible and to, to wash it as little as possible. So let's say I, I like I do my hair curly. So it's curly, it's out. I will put stuff, you know, you never um, brush it again. I'll put stuff in it and I'll try to kind of keep the curls for a couple of days. Or if I braid it like I have it today, I will probably keep it braided for like two days and I won't wash it. 
Same thing with straight hair. I mean, straight hair, I might try to brush it, but for the most part, I won't brush it for a couple of days. And it's, you get mats, like they call it mats and cats. I don't know what they call it. I guess tangles for humans, but like it's really, especially really bad with curly hair. And so what'll happen is I won't touch my hair for like three days. And then I go to shampoo and condition my hair. It looks like a starter kit for a person. Like I just feel like it's just so much hair and I'm trying to justify it as like, I'm not really touching it and I'm not shedding as much and it's three days worth of hair. But I don't know, this last shampoo, it was like a disturbing amount of hair. Um, so this is what it said. It said 50 to 100 strands, which again, I wish they would show a diagram of what that looked up like wet yeah, and how curled are you gonna, up. You can't count that. Yeah, what is this like one strand? So like, I wish I wish they would show you like a clumped up version of what 50 to 100 strands looks like. Because right now I'm still like, I think, I think I'm over. I think I'm over a hundred strands. Um, it says losing your hair is more noticeable when you have longer hair, um, which I do. And then, um, oh, and they say longer and thicker hair. It's like 150 to 200. So that kind of helped a little bit, but basically there is like, the second thing I kind of wondered is if like, there's something that's making me lose more hair. If I am losing an exceptional amount of hair, which is that stress can push the um, the hair follicles into like a resting phase so that they're no longer producing new strands. Um, and then like over time, they kind of fall out more easily, which is like, I mean, I've always said like, I don't know how like, like a curl, you would cheat with a curly haired person. Cause like my hair is everywhere for like years. Like I'm sure you're still finding hair in your apartment. Like my hair is just, I shed more than an animal. Yeah. Our cat, right? We're all animals. Um, but it's called like telogen effalumin. I truly butchered that. But um, it can be caused by like poor nutrition or change in on hormones. Pregnant pregnant women often um, will start like losing their hair and stuff. Not that I'm pregnant. Um, but like, I also wonder if maybe like the stress of not working, um, of preparing a podcast. I don't know. Um, but We're I both do, older. We both had birthdays. So, know, you know, I, you're old. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I don't know if like one day I should just sit and count the hairs. Um, but I, I, I still can't, I don't have like a bald spot or anything. Although this looks suspect with my bandana. Um, yeah, but do you feel like, do you feel like your hair is thinner? I feel like my hair has gotten thinner as an adult. Like I definitely feel that way. Um, also my sister makes fun of me all the time, but, um, I wonder if you know this story because we were definitely friends. Um, Emily, I was, I was helping my little sister move out of her apartment and I brought my power drill and I was taking out, um, nails or whatever, uh, nails. I don't know. I'll go with that. Yeah. I don't know what I'm moron. Um, but I was taking stuff out and I was getting, something was like stripped. So I got close to it. And when I did it, my, I had my hair in uh, braid pigtails. The vent swooped up my hair. And luckily, the, I'd, what saved my hair was that it was braided. So it just swooped up this part and then it stopped when it got to the braid and my hair got swooped up into a power drill. There's actually oh a really funny video. Oh, it's ridiculous. So my sister's like, Wait, oh my sorry. God. No, there's a really funny video of you. Oh yeah, with my, my hair stuck in a power drill. Oh, great. I want to see oh, yeah. that. So basically... Um, my hair got swooped up. My sister's me and my sister are freaking out. She's like, Oh my God, should we cut it? I was like, no, cause it's probably wrapped around the coils. Let's pull apart the power drill. So we couldn't get it out ourselves. So we looked up a hardware store and I walked three blocks to a hardware store with a, with a power drill stuck to it. We were laughing, but I was like horrified at the same time. And then I remember going to the guy and I was like, I'm going to give you the best story 
that you're going to be able to tell your wife today? And he goes, what's that? And I just let go of my hand and a power drill was hanging. And I was like, can you take this apart? So it's not attached to my hair. And he goes, okay. And he takes a, he takes a chair. I'm sitting in the middle of a hardware store and he starts unscrewing the power drill. And then it was wrapped around. And so we saved about, I would say maybe like two thirds of my hair because we were able to unwrap it around the thing. But I lost like a huge chunk of it. He was like, do you want this power drill back? I was like, it's a gift. I was like, I gave him $20 and I gave him a power drill. I was like, you can, I don't never want to see this again, but it like truly thinned out my hair. I told my sister, this side is always, the side always has less hair. I feel like it never grew back. I feel like it's never going to be as thick. I think she it's in your head. I think it's real. I would have just cut my hair at that point, but I have much less aversion to cutting my hair than you do. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't like cutting my hair. Oh, keep in mind. Was the guy like unscrewing, like three months. Was the guy unscrewing a power drill, like as if this was just everyday shit he had to do? Like, oh, this again. All right, just come here. He, he (laughs) smiled, but for the most part, he treated it like it was super normal. And that was my favorite part. He was just like, customers would come in and he'd be like, nails are in the back. Like, just like, not like, Look at this dumb girls thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, I imagine like drill. some girl comes in after you with like a table fan stuck in her hair. You know? <laughs> Just... Girls, stay in the kitchen. We've told you this over and over again. <laughs> no, I really set women back with that one. Um, but it was probably one of the funniest moments with me and my sister where like, I was like truly like, I was like all proud of myself. I was helping her take apart this thing. And in the middle of it, we had to go to almost like a hair doctor appointment at a hardware store. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like anybody in your family balding, like, or I mean, besides your father, um, like, like female wise. Not female wise. I think all our hair is fine. My little brother who has like big curly hair for a while, his hair was like thinning a little bit and he really was worried about going bald. But I think his nutrition was so bad that like his hair was thinning. And when he like fixed that up a little bit, he was fine. Okay. Um, Cause he's like 25 now and he's got luscious curls. Luscious nice. Curls. Well done. Um, Sammy, Sammy. Yeah, Sammy. Yeah, Sammy's killing it. Um, I think I already did like a let's get personal with my story, but um, let's both get personal. Oh yeah, Um, I forgot to I forgot to think about this answer. I can I can say it and then go first if that's yeah yeah fine yeah okay so let's get personal. What is something you dreamed of for yourself as a teen that never happened, and then what's something that did happen? Um, It's so funny because like when I saw because you wrote this question, I looked at it and I was like oh, I, I don't know if my dreams were too small um, or if I'm amazing, yeah. uh, but I, accom- I accomplished all my dreams because like I started stand-up when I was 16. So most of like the way I saw, I don't really think I saw myself, you know, in my 30s, but the way I saw myself probably by the time I was in my 20s is that um, I had hoped that I was on, I was, do- I was a stand-up comedian, that I was on Comedy Central um, cause that was the network, you know, Netflix didn't exist, um, that I had comedy friends and that I had a boyfriend. So honestly, I've been on comedy central a couple of times. Um, all my friends are comedians. Hi Maria. Hey. Um, hi. and then, uh, and then I have a boyfriend and I've had boyfriends, uh, but I was so very, um, lonely and sad and did not have boyfriends when I was in high school, that it was, um, it was a, it was a big dream that I didn't know if it was going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I accomplished like everything by the time I was like 22, 23. Okay. That's great. So, uh, I really updated it if I'm being honest. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's like, that's like when you do the dreaming is in your teens. Cause like, as you get older, like in your thirties, you're not going to be like, I guess you should, I guess you should, we should, we should have goals. We should come up with goals for our fifties. 
Yeah, so. I guess. I mean, savings account. I'd like a savings account. You'd like to not be now. bald. A savings yeah, account. I, I don't want to be bald. I'd like a savings account. Um, yeah. I would like a, I'd like a pet again. My cat lives with my mom. I don't yeah, know. but it's because you travel so much. It's, that wouldn't you can't. And then now I'm like mostly at my boyfriend's, and he's allergic. That's I really need oh, to get rid of shit. Yeah, I need to get rid of Justin. He's really hurting my cat love. Yeah, that's hard. Um, I I guess like for my me, uh, huh? Those are my goals for my fifties to get a cat get a and cat to get rid of my boyfriend and a boyfriend that can handle the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Justin. I actually think that I don't want this much light. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm sorry. There was no time to like fix the studio before. Yeah, there. I feel like I'm being interrogated. You know, the light bulb that hangs over there. A little bit. Yeah, no, no, truly. And you're just like, oh, this is a form of torture. So, okay. Um, I remember I remember finding a list I made when I was like 17. And I, I don't remember much from it. I wanted to speak Italian, but I also wanted to live in Europe. And Doing I think, it. I, think I didn't know you, that was Europe. like a goal when you were younger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know, maybe Italy, maybe London, maybe Paris. And I just didn't. I was just all over the place with the, the dreaming and... I chose London because uh, I never learned Italian. <laughs> so <laughs> I like um, how you had to like limit, like you had to like downgrade your dreams because you're like, ooh, didn't do the first three. So let's make this as easy as possible. But that's still a big deal if you wanted to live abroad and you 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 are like on top of the fact that like both of us have tra- like traveling was never like I've gone above uh, beyond my dream in the sense of like my comedy career. Um, how long I've kept a boyfriend. Um, and yeah. then, and then even just like all the traveling that we do and, and everywhere we've been, but like, yeah, I feel like traveling was always like, that's something I've always known about you. And that was always important to you. I feel like traveling is, um, Hey, all right. Well, I'm just going to edit this part out. What do you need? Okay. I'll just edit it out. My phone. Sorry. No worries. No, let's ask him questions. Oh, okay. Do you want to? <laughs> So, so it was basically, you think it was basically living abroad, uh, was comedy on your teen list? Um, I, yeah, around 18, 19, I think I, I wanted to start doing comedy 17, maybe like the first stand-up comedy I saw was Jim Gaffigan's comedy central presents. Yeah. It's and, one of the best uh, ones. That's what got me into stand-up. And so, yeah, so that was on the teen list too. And I did that and that was a huge goal. Uh, the traveling though, I don't think I really got into like traveling around the world until I started watching Anthony Bourdain, like the show, No Reservations. I think because I watched him so much when, when the military tour gigs came up, I, I was excited rather than like, whoa, where am I going? I don't know about that. (laughs) I was like, fuck yeah, I'll be the next Anthony Bourdain only for comedy. I mean, obviously I wanted to travel because I wanted to go to Europe, but like as much traveling as I've done, the, like the extent of how much I wanted to travel really amped it up in the twenties, in my twenties. So really the only thing you didn't accomplish was like learning a language. No, there's plenty I didn't, that I didn't even, I can't even remember. Like, I think I wanted to be, I wanted my own cooking show or something. Like, I don't know. I think there's like, there's stuff like um, writing. I said I would, I probably would have written a book by now. Never wrote a book. Um, I wrote an article. There's still time. There's still time. Do you think so? I remember once you tried to pay me yeah. to write. Remember? Yeah. You're such a good friend. Yeah. You're like, I love your writing so much. I will give you money. It wasn't even money. I owed you money. I owed you like $300 or something. And you're like, I'll take $50 off every time you write an article. 
Yeah. And it still, it still wasn't like, I was like, was it motivation enough for you? No, I don't know. I don't know what I need. And this is a good segue into our topic, actually. ADHD. Okay. Before we go on, Maria, we have a sponsor. Yay. Yay. So, uh, uh, real toilet paper. It's, uh, it's sustainable. It's made from sustainable bamboo. It is super soft, three ply toilet paper. Um, I love it so much. What I really like about them is for every uh, roll of toilet paper you buy, they help um, give access to clean toilets to people all around the world, which I think is um, incredible. But um, that's really nice. That's yeah. um, better than anything I've done. Um, so anyway, if you go to realpaper.com, that's spelled R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R.com. And if you put in the promo, promo code two non-doctors, but that's the number two, N-O-N-D-R-S, uh, you get 10% off your first subscription order or you're just your first item order. Um, and it's free shipping in the U.S., which is great. Ooh. Yay. So, yeah. Now, uh, now we'll get back to the show. Yeah. So, so um, I'm sure people know uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, and just to clarify, like most people I think know ADD, but that's kind of like an outdated term. The ADD was supposed to be the attention deficit without the hyperactivity. Um, but now they just, everything's just uh, under the umbrella of ADHD. So you can have ADHD without that, uh, hyperactivity. But, um, do you think you have ADHD? I don't know. I don't know. Like, um, I do have a hard time focusing. I'll start reading and then I'll be like, oh, you know, I should write something and then I'll write it down and then I'll be on the computer and then I'll check like how many like, likes something got. And then I'll be and I don't know how much of that's normal and how much of that's like clinically, like I have a thing I need to fix, you know? I mean, I never thought you were like, I relate to that, but I, I think I actually have the opposite of ADHD because once I lock in, I'm in like, I, I you know, everybody makes fun of me for having my alarms and stuff, but my alarms are because I be, I'm a, I'm very forgetful, but I get so locked into a task that I'm like, Oh shit, I was supposed to do a show. Like, like I've already, during the pandemic, I started setting alarms to eat lunch because I would literally, it, all of a sudden it'd be five o'clock and I haven't eaten lunch. And I'm just like, oh God. Yeah. Um, okay. So I know this feeling because I have been locked into things. Like when I edit the podcast, I can zone in and focus on that until I get it done. But that those, those are the types of activities that I feel like are easy to get done because I know exactly what's needed of me. I think the things that are really hard for me to get done are the like writing um, chapters for a book or writing comedy jokes or writing a blog or anything like that. That's, it's not specific enough to make it it's be not like, a- this is exactly what I have to do. Yeah. Well, so I end up I, focusing I- on the easier tasks because I can just knock those out and I feel productive and I feel good. But then, you know, eight weeks of a quarantine goes by and I realize I haven't done anything significant. I've done all you haven't done anything shit. creative. Be- yeah, well, because, and I'm, I, again, I relate, which is that, you know, answering an email that's like, are you available this day or not, or this day is, it's a, you look at a calendar, you tell them that email's done, as opposed to an email that's like, um, I have questions about this. What do you think about this? Da, 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 da. And I put those off forever because it takes creative energy yeah. and I, and it takes, you know, real work. The same with writing an article or writing a book or what have you, there's procrastination that's involved with it being perfect, with it, um, you know, the expectation of it being perfect, with you being scared of how it's going to turn out, the fact that it takes a lot of energy. I just don't, I personally don't see that as uh, attention deficit. I think, because like, you know, what is always so funny is like, 
your kid gets diagnosed with attention deficit disorder um, or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, but they get, they get um, diagnosed with it. And you're always a little bit like, yeah, school's boring. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like I, 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 there's a part of me that's like, if a seven-year-old kid doesn't find math to be something he can focus on for 45 minutes, is that really ADHD? So what I think is kind of fascinating that I didn't know is that they consider a mental health disorder. I always thought it was a learning disability. It can hinder your learning because you can't focus um, or you're hyperactive, like you can't sit still, but it's not, it's, it's more, they consider it more a mental health disorder, which I actually didn't really know. And they basically say it's above normal levels of hyperactivity, impulsive, uh, impulsive behavior, trouble focusing their attention on a single task. Um, and then sitting for like a long period of time. But the truth when I see you is that you're distracted by this addictive thing like your phone or the internet, which I think distracts everybody. I mean, it's so much easier to look at a bunch of likes on a video than it is to sit down and write something that you're unsure about. I think everybody suffers from that. My brother has it and he's both, I mean, he can't take drugs for it anymore because it affects, he has bipolar one. So it, it affects his bipolar medication. And when he's taken it, it's, it's, it's made it his bipolar medication less effective and it's not worth it. So he was extremely creative and he's still creative, but like he could get stuff done when he was on the medication of when he was on Adderall. And now it's, I, it does make me a little sad because he doesn't, he's not as creative in that sense or as uh, driven maybe is the right word uh, as he was when he was able to kind of take something for it. But I think I see it more realistically in him, which is like, he, my, my brother paces, like, it's funny, we all have a Fitbit and my brother, my brother has like a hundred thousand steps a week. And it's cause my brother paces and that's like, his mind works better when he's pacing. And some of this again, can overlap with the fact that he has bipolar one, but like he's constantly pacing and he's not somebody that sits still. And even sometimes when he watches TV, he has to like get up and pace while he watches TV. So I, I think it probably manifests and looks a little different in everybody. And like what I found interesting from like researching it is that they say one in 10 kids are going to be diagnosed with it um, in the U S specifically, but um, about 60% of them are going to continue to have it in adulthood, which I think some people think you grow out of it, but, but it seemed like a lot of people continue to have ADHD into their adulthood, which I almost understand it more in school because school is so fucking boring and it just feels like none of these things have real, um, I don't know, not validity, but like, what, when am I ever going to really use algebra? When am I ever going to use some of these things if I'm not going into that field? As opposed to you're at work, you have a task and you can't focus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, I just know I've taken Ritalin. I took Ritalin in high school and, uh, I were you diagnosed not, with it? No, no, no. I took a friend's Ritalin and I didn't, realize how uh how much work I would get done I loved it I was like everything that I was dreading I was like I'm doing it I cleaned my room I got all my homework done it like a pile and I was like it's done my parents were like do you want food I was like fuck that <laughs> like you know because you don't get hungry um and then that was the only time I took Ritalin in high school and then uh cut to when I was in LA I had um I got Adderall and I had this psychologist doctor 
and he had no issue. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. He had no issue prescribing me whatever I wanted. Like I could go in and say anything. Like he was a vending machine. Yeah. And I was like, well, I get nervous performing sometimes. He's like, do you want some beta blockers? And I was like, sure. And like, he, Adderall, boom, you got it. Um, had I stayed with him and like, cause he started me at five milligrams for things like the lowest dose, but I'd stayed with him and kept going with stuff. I could have just had a collection of drugs I sold, but I'm not a drug dealer. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I was broke and I, I did consider it, but like, I remember trying to get the prescription filled because everybody in LA seems to be on Adderall because like it'll focus you to get that screenplay done because those tasks are really hard. These like creative things that have no like answer A, B or C, you know, it's, it's, it's all just, just making it up. So um, it took me forever to get the prescription filled because every CVS I went to, every pharmacy I went to, they were out and I finally got filled and um, Adderall drought in LA. I mean, that's just hilarious. I know. I know. And then, you know, everybody's at Starbucks just feverishly like, like writing their screenplays. While um, also drinking coffee. Just like, Jesus, your poor heart. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, it works. Like I, you know, wrote a lot on Adderall, but like, I don't, I'm not a pill person. I don't like pills and it scares me to take them. And I know like the, the, <laughs> the party ends eventually. Cause like you, um, it's a drug. I mean, it's a com- I remember, so there's a comic, um, Greg Stone, really funny dude in New York. And I remember him saying this so specifically because I, I had taken Sammy's Adderall a couple of times and had the same thing. I was like, my apartment's clean. All my emails are sent. I'm writing. Like, it's like, I went for a run. I was like, ah, ah, ah. like, it was just <laughs> like, it was truly like, I don't know. It, like I said, I don't, I don't think I have it, but your phone distracts you when you when you have to do a task that takes creativity, you find every excuse to, you're like, Oh, I need to cook a meal with, and I have to go to the grocery store. And you're like, none of this needs to be done right now, Liz. Like I find every way to distract myself when something is hard, but I, I took it three times, um, over the course of maybe a couple of months. And it really was like, a I need to get a bunch of shit done before I tour and I would get it done the biggest thing is the come down. So like Greg, what I found funny about Greg Stone is he was like, yeah, when you do it, you're doing a drug. Like you're taking drugs. When I do it, I have a deficiency and it just levels me out so that I can be a normal person and get some work done. But because you are already there, it just takes you to the next level. And you're like, like, yeah, because it has the same uh, chemical structure as meth. It's, yeah. it's like really closely related to meth. And um, I was watching a video on it and basically like your brain doesn't release enough dopamine so you can't focus. So your attentions are distracted. And so this drug focuses you and, and supplies you with the serotonin and dopamine um, that you're missing. But the problem is, is with continued use, your brain just stops producing it all together so that you need more and more and more and more and you become very dependent on it. They say the same thing with coffee. With coffee? Yeah. So basically like, like, like I saw a diagram once, but it was like little receptors. And so you like, you had like, let's say you had 10 receptors and then you get more coffee and like, you have like 20 receptors and you have 30 receptors. And then all of a sudden you take coffee away and you have all these receptors and there's nothing to kind of like help them. And so you, you need more and more coffee and it, and you, that's why you start having headaches and all this stuff. Like caffeine, it, it is its own drug that you have to keep upping. 
Yeah, that sucks. I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised. It is a drug, but yeah. <laughs> and I did a coffee. really bad analogy about receptors. I know, I really but I loved it. If you're watching the video, I love the hand situation. Yeah, I'm like a like, moose. I'm like a yes, moose. It's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Um, right. Okay. <laughs> but, but no, I, I absolutely think if you don't need, I think it's a drug regardless, but if you don't need it, 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 it's a hundred percent. I've only done Coke, I think once I did not enjoy it. Um, but it, but it, it's that like, I didn't do anything useful when I was on Coke, but I just watched, um, two seasons of a show with my friend on my birthday when I was in my twenties. Yeah. It was just me and Burkash just sitting in his apartment watching literally two seasons eating pizza. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> but I, I genuinely hated the drug, but I, I, what I find it's funny. I was doing some research about it and I kind of told you this off the podcast. There's a, there's a doctor. I think I brought him up before. I probably brought him up. Um, did we, re- I don't even know if we released the addiction episode. Um, but he wrote a book that I read, uh, God, when I was 25, called In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts. And that whole book, his name's Dr. Gabor Monty. I think he's based out of Canada. That book helped me so much. And it really kind of pulled back like why somebody would become a drug addict or why somebody would become an alcoholic and why somebody with a similar history of maybe abuse or sexual assault or whatever might also not become an alcoholic or what have you. It just explains so much. And I, I really appreciated him. But he had a book I didn't read uh, called Scattered Minds. And it's actually him debunking the fact that ADHD is um, genetic. He believes it's not genetic. He believes it's attached to trauma and that um, that basically trauma can be passed on. So like if your grandparents had trauma and didn't deal with it and then your par- they almost give it to your parents, even if your parents had a great childhood compared to your grandparents, that trauma is passed on. And if they don't do anything with it, they pass it on to you. What? Okay. So I need to, I need to stop there because um... You're saying, is this scientifically what he believes or religiously what he believes? It feels... Scientifically, like I, didn't, I didn't read the book, but basically what he's saying is that, that, that ADHD can be fixed and that ADHD... He basically said something can't be genetic if it's, if it's gotten increasingly worse in the last five to 10 years because it takes a while for things to mutate. And so he's like, he's like, what is, what is changing in the last five to 10 years? Because the other thing is it used to be an American thing and now it's starting to be a global thing. He goes, what has changed? He goes, people are busier. People, uh, the way people are raising kids are different. The resources, like, you know, think of um, people not being able to have healthcare people, you know, just think about how devastating the U S is to anybody that doesn't have money or resources. You don't have childcare. You'd, um, you might be working two jobs. Uh, you don't have healthcare. You, you know what I mean? You have the stress of whatever else might be going on. So a lot of times what he believes, and I, I mean, I, as somebody that's read a lot about childhood tra- trauma, I, I, I do agree with the fact that some of this might be trauma during the developmental stage of your life that get gets manifested in this other way again i can't get past the being passed on from relative to relative oh i mean i mean are there other things I, i feel like jewish and black people have been saying that for years which is you have something historically awful happen to your family and they don't deal with it and it doesn't have to be like they put it on you but that it's I do think it's passed down. I do think there are like, I do think there are people that we grew up with that had good childhoods. I would even say my, like, I, there's definitely things that were not great about my childhood, but compared to my parents and compared to my grandparents, I feel like it was better, but their unresolved issues got passed down 
And I think, I think this belief that just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean it doesn't affect you. And just because your parents um, don't talk about it doesn't mean that you don't pick up on just the same way that like we've talked about a dry, you know what a dry drunk is, right? Yeah. So just in case listeners don't know, a, a dry drunk is somebody that is exhibiting the same habits they would have as an alcoholic without actually drinking. So a lot of times alcoholics will quit drinking, but they'll still be taking in behavior, still be acting out behavior they would when they were alcoholic, which might be that they're being abusive. They might be um, angry, depressed, whatever. And that was what led them to drink. And now they think just because they haven't drank that those things will go away. So I think the same could be said with trauma, which is, you know, like, let's say, let's say you were uh, abused as a child, you were abused as a child, you have a kid, the kid wasn't abused, but they start to exhibit the same kind of um, symptoms or quirks that you have, because you never dealt with the fact that you were abused as a child. Damn. But that happens a lot. And as somebody that, you know, you know, both my parents, so I don't know if I've ever fully talked about it on here, but like, you haven't, both my grandmothers were mentally ill and in and out of mental institutions and both committed suicide. And that's how my parents met. Okay. So they were both in their, I think early twenties, um, when it happened and they never really dealt with it. And it's funny. I do think I have a lot of obsession with death, uh, a weird association to death. Um, a weird, like I have my own kind of mental health problems as well as the rest of my family, but like taking out that aspect of it, I do think extreme loss. And my mom also lost her dad when she was 10. So my mom lost the two most important people before, you know, she had a family before she really was connected to others. And then she also lost a, a friend to a drunk driving accident. So my mom's had extreme loss at a very young age. My dad was the oldest of five his dad was an alcoholic. His mother was mentally ill in and out of mental hospitals, lost his mom. And then he started a family. Like, I just think, and my parents have never dealt with any of that stuff. So I do think there's something to be said with, they had extreme childhood trauma. They had extreme situations. They took, I mean, my parents are incredible people. They own animal hospitals. They're veterinarians. They put themselves for sc through school. They had five kids. But that being said, we're all a little weird. We're all a little off. We all have a really dark sense of humor. We all have our own mental issues from, from, you know, anxiety to, um, uh, bipolar to, um, uh, OCD. I even started to think, you know, it's funny the episode we did with my mom about, um, all the diet fads, both my parents have done a lot of crazy diet fads. And I think they have some kind of mild form of anorexia or like there's a type of anorexia where it's a workout anorexia. There's a term for it. I can't remember. But you we, have all, we all have weird body issues. And yeah. I've always kind of wondered as somebody that, I don't know, I, I, I've been pretty small most of my life. I have a very distorted idea of my body. And through looking at my parents' habits of binge eating, dieting, and all this other stuff, I started to realize, oh, all my siblings do this. And it's something we unconsciously picked up from my parents. Again, not blaming my parents, but I do think with, you know, kind of getting back to ADHD, I do think there is something to be said that if you went further back in some of these kids, are, are they being neglected? Um, are they, do they, um, are they uh, uh, come from an abusive home? Is there something else going on at home that's, that's um, making it hard for them to learn or focus? Like there is, I personally think some logic to, if this is a, like they're saying it's a neural development disorder. When, when your mind is 
fragile, when your brain is growing, when you're physically growing as a child, what happens then sets you up for the rest of your life. So again, uneducated, I didn't even read the book. I've just, I've known about his philosophy and I did some extra research about it, but then all I've read at least four books on childhood trauma. And you know, what was actually really interesting. Um, Daryl Hammond, um, he wrote a book, which I didn't read, but there was a documentary that just came out, you know, there's a lot of, you're going to get to it. Um, but he came out with a documentary about, um, basically him having suppressed childhood trauma and he was diagnosed as schizophrenic, uh, uh, borderline personality disorder, all this kind of stuff. He was on a bunch of drugs and he was in and out of kind of like mental hospitals, even at the most successful part of his life. And he had these weird, like, un, he couldn't really figure out these bad flashbacks, but he was having them and he didn't really understand what they meant. And he had a really bad association with his mother, but again, didn't understand. And it wasn't until he was in his forties, I think he went to this mental hospital and this doctor sits him down. He looks at his file and he's like, oh, he's like this schizophrenic and borderline personality. And you're on this med and that med. He's like, you're a real nut. And he kind of laughs and he goes, he goes, I don't believe any of this. He goes, I think, I think you come from trauma and that the trauma has manifested into these things looking like mental illness. But he's like, I don't think you're mentally ill. I think you have unresolved trauma. And that's their dangerous guess. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But I also think there's, if you're taking these drugs that are supposed to help with schizophrenia and and all this stuff and they're not working, then maybe you never were. Yeah. Um, But I, I'm a, I've read enough about childhood trauma and I actually now really kind of do want to read Gabriel Monte's book, but like, I do think less research has been done just the same way that America is like, we prescribe a drug for the symptom. We don't try to find out what the source is and why it happened in the first place. I think um, there's a lot that hasn't been researched about trauma and what it leads to going on. Same with like, we, we understand PTSD, but we only seem to use it for people that have gone to war. But like, my roommate grew up in the Bronx and was constantly jumped and, and, um, and had stuff stolen from him and was always on edge that he went to Afghanistan and he still thinks he has more PTSD from growing up in the Bronx. So I, I, I think we just have such a limited scope of why things happen and we pretend like this developmental time doesn't affect you forever. But right. that's... I mean, that's my uneducated opinion. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good. Um, <laughs> but you know what I was going to bring to this table? I was going to yeah. say, I heard that crows, they can remember your face and they pass that down to their, their kids. <laughs> and then you went on. I like your notes and then my notes are just like. You went on to say some really smart shit and it just, like the more you went on, the further away my thing was relevant. And I was like, that's all I got though. like do you did you grow up with anybody in school that had adhd or like like it wasn't a thing when i was growing up it just wasn't i don't want to be that person that's just like you know when the mom stayed home and she raised her children but there is something to be said about how we're in a community now where it used to be truly a village would raise a kid like the grant you lived near the grandmother and you know family units were bigger and more supportive so that even if the mother was working, there was always somebody that was there. And more, I guess I was, I wasn't officially a latchkey kid because we lived next to my parents' animal hospital, but like, that's what we would do. Like we'd get off from school and I would sit in the lobby of my mom's cat clinic and I would do my homework on the floor because my mom was working and my dad was working. So, um, and we were left home a lot as well when we were a little bit 
older, but a little bit old. I mean, I was watching my brother when I was nine. I mean, I've dropped Sammy and Greg so many times because I was a nine, 10, 11 year old kid watching, you know, um, your life is so shameless. I know you haven't seen it yet, but not only do you look like the the, the oldest sibling, but she had to take care of them from nine because her, her mom was gone. Her dad was an alcoholic and, um, similar, similar. I mean, your parents yeah. are there. Yeah, I was no, a latchkey kid. I remember watching DuckTales and eating, um, boxed. It's always about the food, isn't it? Shit. I just realized that, but I just like, if you wave like some, um, boxed mashed potatoes in front of my face, I'd be like, ah, oh, 11 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I used to make those. I used to do that in instant mac and cheese. I would make oh, that yeah. for myself right after school. Yeah. I remember in college, I left a, a bowl of the instant mac and cheese out and it just, after two weeks looked exactly the same. And that's when I realized it wasn't food. Oh, that story <laughs> hurt me. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so I'm just, so basically for me, let's bring it back to me. So like, yeah. I, I'm lazy is what you're telling me. Like not being able to get the things done. I don't think you're lazy. I think, I think our cell phones, I keep pointing to my cell phone on my table. I think our cell phones are literally made to be addictive and to, um, pull your attention. So I, these think motherfuckers have ruined my life. Oh yeah. No, I think they, I, I do think they are quite evil in that sense. And I've noticed, even right now, my phone is down. It, the ringer's off and it's down and it almost feels like it separates the power. But like, as soon as a little thing, Kink, you have a message. Even if it's from somebody I don't know or don't care about, I'm like, message. Like, I get so excited. Um, and I get did very easy. face again, please, just for the... I don't even know what I did. Message. Message. <laughs> it was like this creepy, like, <laughs> No, but I do. I feel like it's this, like, you know, like those movies where there's like some kind of bright light and the kid is going towards you. You're like, why are yeah. you going towards like, I do feel like every time it goes, think, I'm like, what is it? And then it's always like an email that doesn't mean anything. And it distracted me from real work I was supposed to do. But like putting my phone in another room, turning it on silent. Um, even like I started, I, I broke it pretty fast. But for a week, my rule was I check my, I don't um, write in the emails. I don't check anything after 10 p.m. Um, and I turn my phone off and I put it like away. And I can I can watch TV. I can read a book, I can do whatever, but this like scrolling on Instagram and getting back, like I was getting back to fans at like two in the morning. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. 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 This isn't healthy. Yeah. Cause I'm the type of person that if I see something, I have to get back to it right away or I never get me back too. to it. And like, um, but what started embarrassing me was when people would respond, go, thanks for getting back to me so quickly. And you, you go, oh, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a loser. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I've noticed that. I've noticed that too. Cause wow, like, thanks start- for getting back so quick. Yeah. And you're just like, fuck, like I got to look busy. Like that's been the hardest part about when we were quarantined is like, they like, it, it's truly like, um, people would be like, what's your schedule? And I'd be like, whenever, like we could do it now, we could do it tomorrow. We could do it the next day. Making like, some shit up. Just like, well, let's see. I do have a few things that could fit you in around four. Yeah. You know, you're almost like, you're like, well, I did plan to shower at that point. So we'll say that's a meeting. Um, so that looks like I'm kind of busy. Like I just said nothing. Um, no, I think, I think, I think we're going to see ADHD diagnosis even more because of how distracting iPads and TVs and computers and everybody, everything's linked and da, 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 da. But also we are in such a shit economy, specifically America right now. I remember there was like a chart that was like how many hours you had to work to pay the average amount of rent in each state. So like New York City, you have to work 70 hours to pay what is the average rent. 
as opposed to assuming you're making minimum minimum wage. Yes. Sorry. That was key. Uh, minimum wage, how many hours you would have to work to pay the average rent. So like some, somewhere like, I don't know, Alabama, you might only have to work 45 hours, but not one state did you have to actually only work 40 hours. You had to always go overtime. And so if you're in a one parent home or if you're in a two parent home, but like you have several kids or what have you, like nobody is able to get their full attention to a family because they're trying to feed their family. And they're just trying, like the fact that half this country, if not more than half this country is in survival mode. And if you have people that are dependent on you, you think the priorities and they're not wrong. Their priorities are roof, food and, um, and education. And then when you find out that neglect is a form of abuse, um, uh, you know, not being like present. Like, I I mean, there's, I I guess I just want to ask one question. Is it, um, is it anything to do with just getting kickbacks from companies like Adderall for prescribing Adderall? Cause I I remember asking for Ritalin and he was like, you want Adderall? I was like, ask for Ritalin. I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. I mean, the drug industry over prescribed to children because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our whole, our whole healthcare system is based on um, pharmaceutical profits. Like, like uh, John Oliver did like such a great piece, I think a couple of years ago about how like these pharmaceutical companies would take doctors out to lunch and had all these other kind of incentives, send them off to like some beach resort or whatever so that they would use, not only use their brand of drug, but they would prescribe it more. Um, and we're also just a country of Um, cover up symptoms as opposed to preventative medicine and even figuring out what happened to begin with. I mean, I have nothing positive to say about our our healthcare system. You know, they're all heroes and blah, blah, blah with the, with COVID-19. And I I get, you know, my sister's a nurse, like, and my parents are veterinarians. Like I I have enough family that's in the medical field to know that they have value. And I'm not saying they don't, but like this absolute belief that, that like this, this kind of, there's 15 minutes for an appointment. They go, okay, you have this symptom. We can make it go away as opposed to, well, why do I feel this way? Like we, you know, we talked about eczema. There's a preventative way to not have eczema, but they just put topical shit on it. And then you're just somebody that's addicted to this topical thing, as opposed to, I changed my diet and it's almost completely gone. Like, so, but like, I think, and I'm not, I'm not going to say that people that, do have ADHD that it doesn't help them and that there's not value to it. I just think the number of people that actually need it is probably far smaller. And then of course, in your situation and the fact that we both don't have ADHD and we've had Adderall just shows you how easily accessible it is. You know what? Being a writer is a hard job and anything that helps. (laughs) You should be doing cocaine like you're supposed to. Yeah. Do you Um, think real quick, do you think meditation can help somebody with who actually has ADHD there. So there is like, again, I don't really know, but they do believe that some of the basic stuff, like eating healthy, uh, physical activity, like, especially if you're hyperactive, they do that with dogs. Like you have a dog that's like, kind of like, like, um, uh, you know, the dogs that are like that, um, uh, they put, they put weighted vests on them and they tell them to go take them for a run or a really long walk because you want to like truly like exhaust their hyperactivity. And the same could be said, 
for, um, you know, I think I have like some kind of baby version of bipolar. Like I definitely think I get like these little manic episodes and I, it can kind of make me like, wow. So, uh, I'm really starting to be a Muppet and I didn't realize. I was but, just thinking how much you were dancing with your hands and talking. It was just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, like she going but, but like really fast. But when my brain is kind of spiraling, the best thing for me to do is go for a run. So they do say like, um, you know, exercise, eating healthy. They believe some form of meditation. Also, like avoiding allergens and food additives. So even like we've never talked about autism, but there is so many studies with autism that just having a clean diet for kids without gluten, without a lot of sugar, um, making sure that you don't have any kind of allergies can really calm their their autism, like it, or it can ha- stop more flare ups. But I, I I'm always going to go back to I think changing your diet is going to help your brain process stuff just the same way that we eat sugar and we get foggy, even with us not having ADHD. So I I do think meditation and eating healthy and exercising is always going to be a way to. Do you feel like after every episode that we do, if we took the moral of the story of every episode, it comes down to eating healthy and exercise? For every oh, problem. Yeah. And seeing a therapist. I think yeah. those are, like, I think everybody, no matter what your level of trauma or illness is, I think everybody can be healthier talking to somebody. I think everybody can be healthier doing some form of exercise, even if it's just going for a long walk. And I think we're, especially American diets, we eat so many preservatives, so much sugar, um, just not real food. I think Americans are the most unhealthy physically and mentally because of our diet. I fully yeah. believe that. Well, non-doctor Mealy, thank you so much for coming on yeah, today. Yeah, 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 I feel yeah, like yeah. I just interviewed you towards the end. It was just like, so what do you think about this? Um, as, as a non-doctor and <laughs> the internet, we have, because like, what's the worst case scenario? You're eating healthy, you're exercising and you're meditating. And if it doesn't solve it, it you're still doing something healthier for yourself. Like, yeah, it's, not, it's just, to me, it's like a win-win situation. It's just really hard, Liz. It is. <laughs> it's fucking hard. Oh. Especially when the kid has ADHD. How are you going to get them to sit and meditate? I don't know. Not have kids. I think we're going to have a lot of, I think we're going to have a lot of fans that do have ADHD. I would love to hear from any fans. They're not going to get to this point of the podcast. We should say this at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anybody that um, has it or has uh, kids that have it, I would love to hear what has helped for you. If you, if you think trauma has played any part in it. I would love to feel like if that was connected to you in any way, but really just your experiences with it, um, what you do to take care of it. Please subscribe to us. Um, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, please rate and review. It takes like two seconds. It helps us out a lot. Yeah. Uh, we are on Anchor now, so you can even support us on Anchor. You can send us voicemails. Tell us uh, what you think. If you don't feel like typing it out, you can just leave us a voicemail. Um, and uh, guys, thanks for, thanks for listening. Yeah, we love you. Oh, or email two nine doctors at gmail.com. we we should have gotten better at this at some point. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.